Good morning. We appreciate this opportunity to be here today. Um, we've been gone for quite a few Sundays. The Lord has blessed us with open doors and uh, opportunities to preach and sing. So uh, we've not been in morning worship for a while. And wow, uh, I've missed it. Man, that last song. Uh, if it didn't get your fire burning, your wood's wet or something. That, that is uh, an amazing image. Uh, that is given to us through that song. Uh, I'm just going to jump right on in uh, this morning. Um, I'll give a little disclaimer first. It's not my intention today to uh, uh, tell anybody that how you worship or what you believe or how you practice is wrong, but I am trying to stimulate your thinking. That's my goal today. If I can get you to just think then I'll be happy. This book right here, I just bought this Bible. Uh, it look, it was different online before I ordered it, I thought. Uh, I ordered a large print. Uh, and so when I act like I read this Bible, I'm actually almost quoting passages that I have memorized. Uh, my glasses are not that strong. But my point is this, this book right here, it's it's not very large, but yet it contains all 66 books that your great old big Bible contains or, or your app on your phone. From Genesis to Revelation, this, this book, this Bible we call it, is just as full as yours. But my point is this, I want you to think today, this is all we have to know God by. This is it. This is the entire resource of information that anybody who wants to know the Lord or know the things of God, this is all you have to go by that you can trust. Amen? It's not very much information. That's why we have to walk by faith a lot of times. But this book is the not the entire revelation of God, but the revelation He gave us of Himself. There's more to God than we know. Okay? So let's not lock ourselves into some theology or some doctrine or some discipline that limits us from knowing who our God is. Now, with that said, I have, because I can't read them, I have printed out some scriptures that I'm going to read in just a moment. But I want to say the Sarah is the reason for this sermon today. Uh, I have never preached this, but the last thing she said Wednesday night, it just hit me upside the head. I have said it, and you have said it. And by the way, I want to put a plug in for Wednesday night. Your pastor and his wife, I've been in church since 1975. I know I don't look that old. But they present the best teaching format and content of anybody I've ever sat under. 
And Millie and I love to come on Wednesday nights. They will teach you basic principles and fundamentals of living that will help you. You don't get preached at, you get educated. And that's the difference. So I would encourage you to come out on Wednesday nights. But the last thing that Sarah said was the Holy Spirit will never say anything contrary or do anything contrary to this book. Do you believe that? Okay, good. I believe it with all my heart. The Holy Spirit will never act contrary or go a different direction or try to create a new direction that's contrary to anything already established in Scriptures. So we have a challenge today to rightly divide this book. What the enemy has done where this book is concerned has been his greatest conquest throughout history. It's where he's divided people over this book. There are over 30,000 denominations in the world today, and every one of them claim to have the right revelation. Within those 30,000 denominations are hundreds of thousands, millions of church buildings. And they all believe they have the right revelation. And among all those organizations and churches are billions of people, and everyone think they're right. The book that should unite us has been successfully used to divide us. To the point that many times people almost fight over Scripture. Shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. All of you should believe exactly like me, and then we would have it. Y'all were starting to look a little worried there, so wait a minute, that one's not mine. Is that from last week? I'll leave the lid off mine. The Holy Spirit will never do anything contrary to what God's already established in His Word. And this is all we have to go on, folks. This is all we have to go on. Now, I'm going to read four passages of Scripture. I probably should have gave them to the booth, but uh, I'm reading from the New King, New King James Version. They are very familiar passages, but uh, if you want to write them down, the first one is John 14, the Gospel of John 14, verse 25 through 26. Jesus is doing his last teaching before the crucifixion to his disciples. He says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and then listen to this, and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So number one, Jesus himself defined the ministry of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, as being an instrument, an entity, a power, a presence sent from God, and His purpose would be to remind us of what Jesus, Jesus has said. 
Now, it's important that we remember that. The second passage, John 15, verse 26, Jesus still speaking. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of me. Again, a second witness, that when the Holy Spirit comes, His ministry will be designed around declaring Jesus Christ, His message, His purpose, His works, His plan of redemption, the hope of eternal life we have in Him, everything concerning Jesus Himself, the Holy Spirit will come and testify of Him. Amen? The next passage, John 16, verses 13 and 14. Jesus still speaking. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Earlier, Jesus had told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is telling us, When the Holy Spirit comes, He will guide us right back in to the intimacy or the completeness of who Christ is, of who Jesus is. He says, He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak and He will tell you things to come. Then listen, He will glorify Me. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will come. His works will give glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That is His purpose, to glorify our God and our Savior and our Lord and our Master. Everything that He does must point to the cross, must point to the Savior who hung there, must point to the Savior who abandoned the empty tomb, must point to the Savior who ascended into heaven. That's His ministry. Jesus declared it, that when He comes, He will testify of Me, He will glorify Me, and He will take of what is Mine and declare it unto you. Wow! That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Defined by Scripture. Defined by our Lord Himself. The last passage. Revelation 19, verses 9 through 10. I hear a couple pages turning, so I'll wait just a minute. Revelation 19, verses 9 through 10. Again, John the author. He said to me, write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, see that you do not do that. This was an angel. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God and then listen. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, why does prophecy exist? That's a simple question with a simple answer. To testify of Jesus Christ because Jesus is the essence 
Jesus is the purpose, the focus of all prophecy. Again, based on Scripture, based on this book. Jesus is the Spirit, is what one version says, essence. Or Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the focus of all prophecy, not just some. But all prophecy. Y'all quiet this morning. <laughs> Remember on the day of Pentecost, Peter just been baptized in the Holy Ghost. He was preaching in other languages. Guess what he was preaching? He was preaching Jesus. He wasn't preaching your best life now. He wasn't preaching that God wants you to have everything that your mind can imagine and dream. He was preaching that we are lost and we need a Savior. And Christ came and died on a cross and rose again that we can have the hope of eternal life. That is the message of the Holy Spirit. Peter preached and had 3,000 people saved. I'll be honest with you, I don't mean to offend you. If I do, it probably wouldn't be the first time. But I don't know if anybody's ever had 3,000 people saved in a meeting. Now, your mind goes, oh, what about all these great evangelists? I don't believe a lot of what they're doing is getting people saved. Because you can pray a little sinner's prayer all you want and live like hell. Your life's not being changed, okay? The power of God brings change when Jesus is preached... And men and women believe their lives can be transformed. That transformation comes from God. Not from the televangelist or not from anybody else or the preacher. But anyhow, Peter won 3,000 souls. Why? Because he was speaking under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. And he was preaching Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now today, and I know it's hard, I've pastored not, not as many years as your pastor, and I call him my pastor, uh, because we said under him, I love his preaching. Uh, I love to hear him preach. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed that he turned out like he did. Because <laughs> everybody from Wythe County that knows him is really shocked. But no, I, I do. I, Millie and I don't come here just to be seen. We come because we enjoy the music, and we enjoy the ministry, and we enjoy Wednesday night, and we like some of y'all. Paul's entire ministry. What did he preach? He got knocked off his horse. Jesus said, Paul, ain't you tired of fighting against me? Now, Paul didn't get up and create a bunch of new theology and new movements and, uh, I mean, all the titles and names that we put on things. Paul preached Jesus. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and in chapter 15, he's talking about focusing on the message of the cross and the message of Jesus. It doesn't get old. 
We say, well, I've heard that so much that I, I don't want to hear it. I want you to tell me something new. Listen, ministry is not about satisfying you. It's about winning the lost. Amen. All the other writers of the New Testament, they focused on one thing. They focused on Jesus. Focused on the cross. His two brothers that it is believed that wrote Jude and James, the books in the New Testament, were so humbled and astounded by their half-brother, they wouldn't even claim kinship to him. Because even at that point, they recognized him as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And they, I've read in history, I don't know whether it's true, but uh, it, it makes sense. Uh, don't take this as Bible. But I read in history that James spent so much time on his knees praying that, he, that he, the calluses, uh, they called him old camel knees. Now, now he grew up with Jesus. If Jesus played kick the pottery bowl or can or whatever... James played with him. Whatever Jesus did, James was right there to observe it. James didn't follow him until after the cross. But after the cross, he caught a vision of a new Jesus. The Bible says he appeared unto him personally. Changed his life and he became a leader in the Jerusalem church. Why? Because he had heard all this fanciful nuggets and, and fanciful dreams and stories. No, because he had met the one who gave his life for him. Now all that you agree with. It may get a little, mm, now. Fast forward to today. I'm Pentecostal. I believe in the Pentecostal experience. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe they're still operating by the will of the Spirit, just like they did in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He's the administrator. I don't control them. Our denominations don't control them. Our impressive speakers do not control them. If the Holy Ghost wants to do something, He'll do it. Whether you're in the way or out of the way, it doesn't make any difference. He'll do it. Amen. I still believe in that. But if you fast forward to today, it seems like the Holy Ghost is saying a whole bunch of stuff that may or may not be trustworthy. And by that I mean, obviously, it's not the Holy Spirit doing all the talking that he's given credit for. Now, a lot of people don't like to preach this, and a lot I love to preach it because I love the controversy. I feed on it. I want to provoke your thinking. Everything that's thus saith the Lord doesn't mean it come from God. I mean, we got people today that'll... Oh, I'll meddle here a little bit. I've been in church with people that'll sit and play with their phone, read a book. I even had a teacher at graded papers while the preacher was preaching. And that preacher was me. 
But if somebody gets up and rattles off a tongue and says, Thus saith the Lord, the whole place goes quiet. I mean, here I am, I studied 20 hours this week. I got a sermon. I believe it's a good one. I can't get nobody to listen. And somebody stands up that ain't been in a Bible since they was a kid. And they speak in a tongue and start interpreting and everybody gazes on them like they're from heaven. Y'all ever seen that? I've had people speak in tongues and go out in the foyer. And when anybody went to the bathroom, they talk about everybody in the church. I don't care if you say, thus saith the Lord. It's got to measure up. There's got to be a connection to our Lord Jesus Christ in whatever's being done. Now, I didn't make that up. I read to you by the Lord, from the Lord ourself, Himself, His uh, uh, protocol. It's going to testify of Him. Now, lots of times we get words, we get prophecies, we get ministries of the Holy Spirit about our lives, about where we fit with Him, where we are, are called to do for Him. With Jesus being the ultimate, the the goal of whatever we are, all of you today are in full-time ministry. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. Whether you deliver the mail like Kathy or whatever that you do, you're in full-time ministry. God's provided you a way and opportunities and people to talk about Jesus. Well, my job won't let me. We'll get another job. I can't afford to take the pay cut. Is that what you want to tell the Lord on Judgment Day? I would have witnessed for you, but I couldn't do it for nine fifty an hour. Y'all looking at me funny again. I'm serious about what I'm talking about. I had a job one time that that had federal money involved in it. I had to apply for grants. It was a nonprofit organization. I ran it for 10 years right out here in Green Valley. And I would go and do workshops all over schools, adult education, uh, 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 social services. And they would always give me a piece of paper to sign saying that I will not mention God. Ten years, I never signed the first paper. And the first thing I did was mention God. I mean, if I'm going to get arrested, I want to get arrested early before lunch. We can't let man intimidate us and tell us who and when and where we can talk about Jesus Christ. (laughs) All right. The Holy Spirit today says about anything you want to hear. Hey, people flocking around looking for churches, looking for a word from God. I talked about this the other day. I had a man call me one time and said, Brother, the Lord showed me last night you got a word for me. Yeah, I do. i got a word for you. Get in Scripture. It's exactly what I told you. If you want a word from God, get, get where the words are recorded. <laughs> it's that simple, Ballard. We don't have to be smart to understand that, do we? Get where the words of God are recorded. He's not going to say, He's not going to tell you anything different. 
Oh, I'm I'm going to hit I'm going to hit close. Okay, forgive me. I I've had people want to know whether pray whether or not God wanted them to leave their husband. I can tell you the answer is no. Unless he's beating you or something, beat him before you leave. Catch him asleep and put a cast iron skillet across his head. But no, just because you don't like him anymore, or because he gained a little weight, or lost his hair, or because your secretary is wearing a shorter dress, God's not going to tell you to leave. I'm looking for a word from God, whether or not I should leave my husband. Well, I got one for you. It's not my word, it's his. I'm about to get to my sermon. Hang on. Over the last three or four years, I have been, I'm nobody, okay? I, I'm not an official in anything. I'm not, I'm not an expert. That song, Casting Crown, sings, uh, uh, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody. I just sing that one line, I'm just a nobody. I'm nobody. I don't have no official uh, capacity. I don't claim to be a prophet from God. But the last three or four years I've been so angry and lived my life in defense of stuff I've heard come out of people's mouths that they want to attribute to my God. And it seems like nobody wants to stand against it. Nobody wants to yell against it. Nobody wants to oppose it because somebody's always there to quote, Touch not my anointed. Well, guess what? I'm just as anointed as the next guy. All New Testament believers are equally anointed. Don't tell me, don't touch. I'm going to defend what I believe to be the faith like Jude said. And if you, something comes out of your mouth that doesn't line up with this book, I'm going to yell about it. Now, I may not get to yell too many places, I may not get to yell among too many people, but I'm going to yell. Because what I've heard the last three or four years is absurd and ridiculous. And I know I'm going to... Please, I'm just trying to get you to think, all right? I'm going to tell you someday that you're probably going to disagree with, but just think from the perspective that I'm showing. Listen, God's not wrapped up in politics. He don't need a Republican in the White House to be God. But I heard all this stuff coming. Thus saith the Lord. Joe Biden will never be president. Thus saith the Lord. Donald Trump will get four more years. Thus saith the Lord. There's no way a Democrat will be in the White House. All this stuff from men who's supposed to be hearing from God. Number one, that's not God's focus. God's focus is Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And Jesus don't need politicians to accomplish what he wants to do. Thank you. Amen. God's not all wrapped up in who's occupying the White House. Listen, I pray for him. I started back when Obama got elected. I decided everybody was going crazy on him. I said, no, I'm going to do what the scripture says. I'm going to actually give thanks for him. 
And every day for eight years, I said, thank you, Lord, for the man that's in the office of president. I may not agree with him, but I thank you for his willingness to serve as Scripture instructs me to do. And I pray for his salvation. And then I move on. I don't share jokes about politicians. I That's not my focus. If I want the Spirit of God to minister through me, i got to stay focused on Jesus. i got to stay focused on Jesus. There's five areas very quickly. Don't panic. Won't need no more than 20 minutes apiece for each area. Five things today that we owe it to ourselves to examine by Scripture. Five things very quickly. Number one are dreams and visions. I've had people say, you know, I dreamed last night. And trying to find out some spiritual meaning. Listen, if God could just give you one avenue into my dreams, you wouldn't depend on yours anymore. I dream the craziest stuff. The craziest stuff. But I had a lady one time, she was a handful in church. I know NR don't have nobody like that here. And she come and she said she dreamed she was sitting at a, a picnic table eating watermelon with black folk. Ask me what did I think that meant. So she went asking. Somebody said there's a preacher in Withful that interprets dreams. So she went running up there. And you know what he told her? He said, the Lord is calling you to a new season. To where the people around you are going to be different from anybody you've ever been around before. And your interest and your taste are going to change. Thus saith the Lord. And you know where that new place was? His church. Called her right out of my church into his church. Well, I sent word to him. And in a nice West Virginia way, I said, you're an idiot. My phone rang one night and it was him. He said, I heard that you don't believe in my dream interpreting ability. I said, no, sir, I don't. Don't believe it for a minute. He said, why? And I said, well, you call me back in six months and tell me if God called her to your church. She lasted about two months and he had, she must have had another dream because he sent her down the road. Just because somebody dreams could be pizza. Or the last thing they watched on television. My Lord, God's not speaking to us in every dream and in every vision. People claim to have visions. I've been saved for 47 years. I've, I've never had any of these experiences other people claim to have. What have I done wrong? The only truth I've ever found is in here. I've never had an angel appear to me and tell me to do something other than my wife. And I'll even do dishes when she says it. And she don't even have to say, thus saith the Lord. She just says, get in there. No, I'm just kidding. Revelations. Everybody got a revelation. And today, much of the church in America, 
Much of the church in America is not being built on Scripture. It's being built on somebody's revelation. And they get out there from Scripture, and then they no longer recognize it anymore. All right, y'all not shouting. Something else we got to be careful about is our music we pick. And I'm not just talking about contemporary music. I'm talking about old music. There's some old hymns that should have never been written. Now I know, I, I know I'm, I'm already in trouble, but songs like Press On, it won't be very long. My God in heaven, why did we ever sing that song? You talking about depressing? It's the joy of the Lord is our strength, but yet we're talking about press an unclouded day. What the heck does that mean? Their song, just because they touch our hearts, touch our emotions, doesn't mean they should be sane. They may not exactly be biblical. Millie and I are trying, we, we debate on whether to sing it. I don't know if y'all sing it. If you do, I'm sorry. Um, in, in advance. Uh, and you may even heard this talk. It's, uh, what a, uh, what a beautiful name it is. Is it by Bethel Music? That second verse, man, it just rings my heart where it says, the Lord didn't want heaven without us, so He brought heaven down. No, no, no. That's not the reason. That's not why Jesus did the plan of redemption and salvation. He wasn't lonely in heaven. The plan of salvation is based on the fact that you and I are lost eternally if a Savior don't save us or redeem us. And we turn him around like we're the great prize, and he's just longing and looking and searching and begging and crying and weeping over us. No, that's backwards. He's the God that we worship. He's the God we seek for him. We long for him. We thirst for him. Amen. Books. I've read some doozy books. When our son passed away last summer and we moved back to West Virginia, I had probably $6,000 worth of books I'd bought over the years. I was just in one of them moods. I didn't think I'd ever preach again. When your heart's that shattered, some of you probably thinking, I wish you'd have stuck to that. But when your heart's broken, I just gave them all away. I just gave him to a Christian school and a preacher starting out. Every book I had, except one. That's one written by Ronnie Kennett, and a lot of you know Ronnie Kennett. I gave him away. Now i got people texting me saying, hey, I found your books at the Goodwill. <laughs> okay, somebody's got it, somebody's reading it, that's fine. Whoever I gave it to didn't want that one. That's all right. I don't care because there are books out there on opinions of everything. And some of them make you feel good. Oh, I got all into the uh, uh, red moon, is that what? Uh, uh, Bud moon books. Jesus still hadn't come back. I've come to the conclusion Jesus needs to read them books. 
we got all wrapped up in the harbinger. I did, and I thought, my God, he's got all this stuff right. I mean, the Lord's going to come. This is going to happen. Nothing happened. All he did is write another book. And then he wrote another one. Books, just because there's somebody's idea and concept, doesn't mean they're going to come to pass. they got to line up with this. Amen. And lastly, prophecies. I already touched on that in a little bit. Prophecies have to promote Christ. I know everybody likes the supernatural. But like they were saying Wednesday night, you don't realize how supernatural this is. This is a living book. You see, Millie's got a whole cabinet full of cookbooks. And not a one of them's ever baked a cake. I never opened that cabinet door where them cookbooks are and found something they made. Because they're dead, they're words on a page. But this book's not dead. This book is living. It's alive. It changes us. I love to read it. I, I can't tell you how many times I've read it through. I can't tell you how many times I've read the New Testament. I just read the book of Romans and guess what I did? I said, shoot, that was so good. I'm going to read it again. And I did. Why? Because it's alive. It touches me. It changes me. It inspires me. It instructs me. It directs me. And when the Holy Spirit comes on me, it's to promote this. I don't care who you vote for. It don't make no difference to me if you're a Democrat or a Republican or a Pentecostal or a Lutheran. It makes no difference to me. This is the source of life. And it's all we have. I'm not going to build my little self-church, my life on somebody else's revelation. That misses it half the time. We're coming out of COVID. I don't know how many people killed COVID. COVID been dead so many times. I mean, people stand up and prophesy, thus saith the Lord, COVID dies today. It didn't die today. I know this is a little hard, maybe. I had a friend come to my house. Mar- uh, NR knows him real well. Uh, he's an equal friend to him. He come to my house. And, what was it, 2000? And when did COVID start? 20? Come to my house the day before Passover. Sitting on my back porch, he said, I'm so excited about tomorrow. I said, tomorrow? What's going on tomorrow? He said, tomorrow, God's going to show up and COVID is going to die worldwide. At that time, there was 14 deaths in this country from COVID. 1,500 cases. And I said, really? I said, where'd you get that information from? He's a prophet on TV. I said, yeah, I know who you're talking about because I done researched and heard him. I said, before tomorrow gets here, I encourage you, go home and Google him and look back at some of the other stuff he said. I don't know whether he did or not. But guess what? The next day, worldwide, COVID didn't die.
Are y'all still with me? But thus saith the Lord. I mean, you can get followers when you tell people what they want to hear. But I bet you today if I told you thus saith the Lord, everybody, that God wants everybody in here to be as good looking as me and N are, all you gotta do is shave your heads, I bet I wouldn't get no followers. But if it's something you want to hear, thus saith the Lord, I'm going to lift you up and set you up high and prosper you and bless you and, yeah, we want to hear that. And maybe God will, if it's His will, but it'll be to promote Jesus. If God makes you wealthy, it's so you can support ministry. <laughs> Ooh, I don't, I don't get to me. Thank you for the few amens there. Us poor people, we can agree with that. Amen. Now Barry back there is counting his money. He can't figure out what I just said. No. Some of the things, crazy things I've heard. Cra- crazy things I've heard that people are following. Heaven's another planet. You ever heard that? That's what the Mormons teach. And that's what the Freemasons teach. Heaven's another planet. Jesus said no man's ever ascended there. So how do we know where it's at? Heaven's another dimension. Heaven's not in God's creation. It's outside of God's creation. We are God's creation. We can't imagine what heaven is or where it is. And some person, I won't say what I want to uh, with my adjectives, but... It's teaching that in heaven all the children's houses are made of jello. And if the children take a bite, it just grows right back. Well, I put in an order, I want my house made out of cheesecake. It would be heaven for me to live eternity eating cheesecake. <laughs> Folks, where, where can you find that? But people want to believe it because they don't want to believe that there may be suffering, there may be sacrifice, there may be hardship, there may be COVID, there may be cancer, there may be divorce, there may be battles on this earth. We want to hear about jello houses. And they also teach there's a Santa land in heaven. I'm not making this up. I researched it. I heard the person say it. That in heaven there's a real Santa Claus. And him and Jesus are best buddies. My God in heaven. Where do we come up with it? Now that's so far extreme. Surely nobody here is disappointed to know you're not going to have jello for your house. But what about the little things? And now people all over this country, and I'm about to close, people all over this country are apologizing for the prophets that got it wrong. Now listen, I don't have anything against them. I'm not mad at them. I just judged what they said by Scripture and found it lacking. You don't apologize for a prophet. Nobody ever stood up for Jeremiah and said, Now listen, Judah, Jeremiah got that wrong. No! 
If you're hearing from God, God don't make a mistake. Go ahead and admit you missed it. You were in yourself. You were the one wanted COVID to die. You were the one that wanted Nancy Pelosi to die. You were the one that wanted uh, Trump back in the White House. You were the one that didn't want Biden. Don't put it on God. Can I say that and get out of here alive? Thus saith the Lord, if He says something, folks, you'll know it's from Him. God Himself gave the best judge in, in Isaiah. He said, listen, folks, this is the West Virginia interpretation. He said, listen, folks, if you want to know if a prophet's telling you the truth, just wait and see if what he says come to pass. Well, COVID didn't die. And, and much to many, and maybe some of yours, and based on where we are today, even mine, much to our dismay, Biden did get elected. And we're paying for it literally. I'm not being political. I'm just telling you what's true. One of the happiest things in my life has always been going to Walmart. I always said when I retire, I'm going to build an apartment on top of Walmart. What could be better? Because they got good cheesecake. I'm so depressed when I leave Walmart. Now I'm almost in tears. We went out of Walmart Friday, $191. And we couldn't even afford bologna. Time to clean your house and feed your cat and do this, that, or the other. You look at, when you get home, you got four things you can actually eat. No, I'm depressed. I don't like this economy any more than you do, but God's still God. And I'm going to trust Him. So I'll leave you with a question this morning. What will you choose? Will you choose experiences of people to build your faith on? Stories they tell? Will you believe Scripture? Here's what I've concluded. If I can't find it in Scripture, I'm just not going to pay any attention to it. I could be wrong. I was wrong once before. Nobody got that one. Today, how's that? But no, if I can't find it, I'm going to examine it. And I'm going to rightly divide it. Like we're supposed to. And if I can't come to a conclusion, as long as it don't affect the fundamentals of our salvation involving Jesus and His virgin birth and His sacrifice, then I'm just going to walk away from it. And I'm going to say, maybe they're a little smarter, maybe they're a little wiser. But when somebody comes out and tells me heaven's filled with jello houses, I'm going to speak against it. Because number one, I don't like jello. So God help us. Are we going to believe the experiences that people tell us they've had? And I says, I don't, back to the books and movies and all this. We got all these people that's died and went to heaven and come back. Died and went to hell and come back. Ain't none of them got the same story. Why do we believe that stuff? 
Somebody asked me, well, do you not believe those stories? I said, absolutely not. I don't believe a one of them. That's my safest bet. Who am I going to believe? The little girl fall down the tree? Or the little boy gets run over by a car? Or a man? They're all different stories. And they make heaven about them. But I got news for you today, and I don't say this with any apology. Heaven, our eternity, is about Jesus. It's not about you and me. It's about Him. Where we'll worship Him and serve Him. We will serve in eternity. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And it'll be a pleasure. How many of you love your job so much you just can't wait to get up and go? Not too many of us, maybe one or two. But I'll tell you, when we get there, when we get with Him, whatever our assignment is, I don't know if heaven's got toilets, but if He tells us to clean the toilets, we'll be shouting and praising God while we clean the toilets. Because we'll be serving Almighty God, doing what He said. There won't be any sin to get anyway. Won't be any tiredness. Won't be any sickness. Won't be any affliction. Won't be any jealousy. Won't be any Baptist or Methodist or Pentecostals. Won't be any division. If the Lord says, I want you to do this, we're going, woohoo, I get to do something. I get to serve Him. It's not going to be like here. Well... If I was in a Pentecostal church, I'd have had some shouting right there. Amen. Well, I'm going to quit. I want you to stand with me. And then remember, we're not dismissing your pastor wants to come and say something. I'm just going to ask you where you are today. As you stand in reverence to God, not to me. What's your faith standing on today? What is it that inspires you or motivates you the most? Is it fanciful stories? exciting experiences others have had? Or is it the stories in this book about our Savior? I mean, I still get excited, man, when it talks about a woman caught in the act of adultery. And they bring her out there and throw her down in front of him. And he's the one that gave the law. He's the one that inspired Moses to write, if anybody's found that way, they should be put to death. It blows my mind. And then he says, well, I've decided not to condemn you. Did God change His mind? Don't matter to me what He did. He's God. He can do what He wants to. Under the law, she should have been killed. But with Him standing there, He gave her life. I choose life. (laughs) We have enough condemnation in our life. The law was never given to bring us to righteousness. It was just to show us how far lost we are. And Jesus met all those expectations. And we have life today. Father, I pray for everyone standing in this place. Lord, I ask you to bless them first of all. Bless this church. Bless the pastor and his wife. Bless the leadership teams. This praise team, Lord, we ask you just continue to lift them high. To elevate them, to anoint them. God, Lord, it's just breathtaking sometimes what, what happens when they're on the stage. We pray you bless the members. Bless the children and those that work with the children. But right now, Lord, for those in this sanctuary room, I pray, help us, each one, examine our faith. Examine ourselves. Make sure we're in the faith. Make sure we're in Scripture. And Lord, if we don't understand it, it's okay to say, I don't understand. If we don't know the answer, it's okay to say, I I don't know, I'm not sure about that. I'll study, I'll look into it, rather than give something that we think people want to hear. Lord, let us know that we're standing on the solid rock, the Scriptures, the truth. 
of our God and Savior. Lord, we praise you for this book. We praise you for the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Pastor.